Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, March 25th. Last podcast of March in year five. Leaving it behind. We're a quarter of the way through the year here. What's happening? My name is Quinn and this is my show. I'm the creator, host, producer, best boy, key grip, cinematographer, showrunner. I love love being a showrunner. Uh, of this show. We are one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. Hello to my friends in Pakistan. We are the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great, beautiful nation of Pakistan. Hello, Hyderabad. Hello, uh, Islamabad. Hello, Khyber Pass. How are you? What's happening? It's me, your old pal, Quinn. Uh, It is a very gloomy uh, Friday afternoon here in Chicago. We we kind of you know been. This is not atypical, but we've been bouncing around between you know some nicer days and some not very nice days. This week has been pretty crappy. Uh, it's been like every day there's been a little bit or a lot of bit of rain, um, and it's just kind of cold and you know not super sunny or anything like that. So really just not not a lot to write home about i tell you what i you know it, it's been a little it's been nice because i've been able to work from home actually uh wednesday thursday and today which is great i went out for my run on wednesday and uh i could see the forecast i knew it was gonna you know there's gonna be a little bit of drizzle going on but boy it, it turned from uh i i left the house and about two minutes later it turned from drizzle to downpour and it just never stopped that was that was a tough run. That was one of those runs where you're just 10 minutes in and, you know, you're committed to it at that point. I was running like four or four and a half miles and just everything is just completely soaked. You know, it's not it's not just like, though, it's kind of chilly and there's a little bit of rain coming out. And it's like this is a straight up downpour. You know, there's no escaping it. Your socks are squishy. I was trying to wring out my shirt as much as possible, but it was just like I was wearing a very non-waterproof style of running shirt, long sleeve, and it was just completely, uh, it was it was rough. And then I actually, you know, I hung my stuff up to dry, and I went out, went out for a run again yesterday, and uh, like my knee brace and a couple other pieces were still damp. So uh, I'm excited. Today's actually my first day off from running. Uh, I I put in six straight days. The Shamrock Shuffle. I finally did it. Uh, we've been knocking on wood for for months here, talking about the Shamrock Shuffle. Friends of the show will know that uh, I've tried to run it on two separate occasions leading up to this year and been stymied both times. S T Y M I E D, not to be confused with Starmy, uh, Misty's Pokemon from the uh, Cerulean City Gym. Star you, star me. I think star you is the uh, the first one. Star me is the second one. I don't think I've ever, ever actually like used one in a Pokemon run. I don't even know. Here's a question for our Gen 1 Pokemon experts out there. How do you, like, where in the Pokemon games do you even, like, get, or in the Gen 1 Pokemon games do you even get star you? I think that's got to be probably a... Uh, um, like a, a specific game thing, right? Or you could get in one and you couldn't get in the other. We always had blue growing up and never had red, but I'm looking on uh, Bulbapedia right now, and I am seeing that uh, according to Bulbapedia in blue, and it's pretty much the same in yellow, it looks like you can get it in the Seafoam Islands or routes 
1920-21 or Cinnabar Island by using the Super Rod, it looks like, which I believe is better than the Good Rod. I can't remember. Basically, these routes are around like you know the Cinnabar and Seafoam places, so you can't get you can't really access those you know until you're about I don't know 75% of the way through the game. You can't you can't use Surf until after you beat Koga, is that right? Something like that. Anyways, so the uh the uh, Shamrock Shuffle was this past Sunday which was really exciting. It was uh you know a beautiful day. And I, I got to tell you what, I was a little, not nervous, because I saw the, the radar, and also mentioned listener discretion is advised. When you're listening to this program, we'll occasionally use some language on the podcast, objectively terrible. But I, uh, so I had run down, I took last Friday off of running, as I usually do. Actually, speaking of getting caught in the rain, boy, I, I had forgotten about this. Um, I went for my walk last Friday in the afternoon and just got absolutely drenched as well. Poor planning, also just bad luck with, you know, just not not light drizzle, but just absolute downpour. It really sucked. So that's twice in the last last week. That's how things have been going. But Saturday morning, I woke up and I, uh, I ran down to Grant Park from my apartment, which is a, a beautiful one-way kind of run. Go down to Buckingham Fountain, get your, your packet, all that stuff, and then, um, you know, Get some Dunkin', ride the red line home. It was a nice, cozy little morning. Come home, make breakfast. You know, you feel so productive. I got all, you know, I was all done with that. Showered, eat breakfast, had my Dunkin', got my run, got my race packet, all by like 11 a.m. Uh, I was moving and grooving. And then, um, you know, rest of the day was just mostly for college basketball, which we'll talk about in one second here. The agenda today is sort of shamrock shuffle, followed by college basketball, rest in peace, followed by uh, a brief Oscars preview. And uh, I know we oftentimes do, in the past, we've done our Oscars preview with good friend of the show, Ryan Austin English. But um, we, uh, we're we not doing that this year. He just moved into a new house. Congratulations. And uh, he's still getting his feet wet with that. And I don't think that either one of us have seen more than, honestly, like one or two Best Picture noms. How far I have fallen from my glory days of watching all the Best Picture nominations Largely in part due to my, you know, sneaky movie pass subscription, but that is not the case this year, man. In fact, there's multiple movies on this list we're going to get to in a second here that uh, I don't even I I could barely tell you anything about. So that should be expert, you know, opinion. That's going to be good stuff. But I, you know, the rest of Saturday, watch a lot of college basketball. Woke up Sunday. Um, it was a it, kind of a not a rough start, but you know, I woke up. It's like six a.m. Getting my stuff together, doing some light stretching. If you don't know, the Shamrock Shuffle is an eight k, which comes out to almost exactly five miles, and so it's a nice it's a nice race. It's not something you, you got to train for. You can kind of push yourself, bust your ass, uh, and just kind of go for it. Um, the weather on Saturday had been actually okay for running, but kind of like a light drizzle, like mid forties, which for, you know, like running a race is actually really nice. Just a casual run is a little bit less nice and just walking around is not nice at all. There's sort of your three tiers. If you will, we three tiers of Orient are that's, that's gotta be like the Christmas carol with like some of the weirdest words. We, I mean, who came up with the, you know, verb and noun, placement in this song we three kings of orient are 
traveled deep, you know, 20,000 leagues under the sea to sit for the bar, holy, holy Moses Almighty, gathered we gifts ye bring. Oh, God of mercy, God of light, love that big Australian bite. Round yon virgins, uh, holy in mother, we three gifts to love and to butter. I, I, I might have gotten mixed up. But it's not, you know, it's not Christmas season. So, but it's always Jesus season. In fact, boy, what, what, what do we got? We got, what, three weeks until uh, Easter Sunday? This Sunday would be the 27th. Next one would be the 3rd followed by the 10th. Wait, so so from this Sunday, we got the 3rd, 10th, and then 17th, which is Easter Sunday. Good Friday is the 15th. They get it off. Thank you, Catholic school. So yeah, we're only, I mean, that's a, that's a, we, we're going to have, we got to do some planning here on the Beantown podcast because uh, I got to get, we got to try to get friend of the show, Matthew Fiedler on our, one of our next two episodes here, uh, our resident tax expert. I know he's a very busy man because it's literally tax season. Uh, we're in crunch time, but April 14th, that's the deadline, right? Uh, so we'd love to get a show in there one of the next two weeks. And then we do our classic Easter Sunday show, our Passover special, uh, where Quinn tells the story of Passover, you know, the 10 plagues of Egypt, you know, killing all the firstborn, you know, most badass part of the Bible. So, yeah, we got a lot coming up here on the show. But Shamrock Shuffle, it's a, it's an 8K. Uh, woke up. It's going to be a beautiful day. And it was a beautiful day. Like, ideal. Pretty close for me personally to, like, I wish it was this, you know, kind of weather slash climate forever. Like, got up around, kissed 60, not a cloud in the sky, not too windy, you know, just a nice, you know, beautiful day. Spectacular day for an outdoor run, gathering, etc. So wake up, get started early. I'm thinking, hey, you know what? Like, the brown line lately has been real sus. In fact, just on uh, Wednesday, I think it was, or maybe it was, I think it was actually just yesterday, there was a signal that fell a literal physical signal that fell onto the tracks at Belmont and all red, purple and brown line trains were just like, didn't run yesterday morning, which I'm so glad that I didn't have to go to work. Cause I would have had to like, I don't know, take the eight bus, the Halstead bus or the 22, but I heard the buses were like impossible to get onto and then just like walk to work from there. That would have been really rough. Um, I got lucky. I dodged a bullet. Shamrock shuffle. Speaking of bad buses though, I take the bus down I'm thinking I'm on there early enough. And the Shamrock Shuffle is not a race like the marathon where they're, like, shutting down the city for it. They, like, you know, move barriers into place, you know, when they need to and then immediately, you know, reopen the streets, that sort of thing. So I'm thinking, like, hey, you know, there's a million people trying to take the buses down. The train's been unreliable for me personally lately on weekends, I will say. And so I'm like, let me just hop on the 36. It's going to get me close-ish to uh, 36 or 22. They both run on the same route south of my house, more or less. Um, so I'm thinking, hey, you know, I'll just hop on one of these. Well, I get to Chicago Ave, uh, which, if you don't know, is a mile north of uh, Madison, which then you got to go another half mile south to get to, like, Buckingham Fountain, a little bit east, that sort of thing, Grant Park, where Lollapalooza is. So I get dropped off at Chicago because the bus is not running any further. And at this point, like, I'm okay on time. I was actually in kind of a unique situation because my pace slash wave allowed me to start in corral one if I wanted. There are two corrals. But, you know, everyone I was, you know, hanging out, planning to hang out with, like, Rachel and her sister and, you know, Rachel's friends, like, they're they're running back in wave two. So I'm like, 
well, I just I didn't want to just like walk all the way from Chicago uh, to to the start, you know, finish line, because that's going to be like a, you know, I don't know, at least like a 35, 40 minute walk or so. So I decided to just get my little uh, get my little warm up jog in. I run down there, you know, I'm running down like state and stuff, which is partially the route. And, you know, everyone's looking at me like, oh, this guy's in first place. He's kicking ass. But it turns out I, you know. Pre, I prematurely shot my wad. I was running before the uh, the race had actually started. So, anyways, get down to Grant Park. It's a beautiful day. Hang out. I got a little bit more Duncan. Got some of my official race marathon photos are me holding my Duncan. I might have to buy one. Try to become a corporate sponsor. Run the race. It was uh, it's the shortest organized race I've ever run. That's partially true. I ran a church 5K in Evanston once in 2017. Supposed to run it with some friends because it was their church, and then they didn't come, and so I ran it with a bunch of church people that I didn't know, and it was really awkward because I was, I'm still not a social person, but I was much less like willing to be social, I guess, at that point in my life five years ago. So yeah, but this was an 8K. I ran it in uh, 38:02. I think was my final time. It was really interesting because, you know, first mile or so, because I started literally all the way at the back, um, you know, with people who are running this, you know, 13, 14 minute miles. So as you might expect, you know, there's thousands of people and uh, I was dodging and weaving, bobbing and weaving. Uh, And sometimes you were like, felt like you're on top of the world, like moving in and out of traffic. And then other times you get, excuse me, other times you get boxed in and it was terrible. So uh, all that happened. I, I stopped and saw um, Rachel's family, who was uh, near the finish line, right at the top of the big hill, and I stopped and talked to them for about 15, 20 seconds. Uh, so I'm not going to come out here and say, like, oh, my time could have been faster. Um, I mean, I know for sure if I hadn't stopped to chat, it would have been 15 seconds faster. Uh, I don't know, you know, how, like, because there's the psychological element with, you know, starting where I did in the back where you're just, like, passing literal hundreds if not thousands of people and there is that element where you're like oh my gosh i'm going so fast like even though it'd be you know feel the same or be the same time if i was probably running it by myself because i it was like a it's like if you do the math it's like a 740 mile which is not particularly quick as far as like competitive running goes but for me personally it is because i'm not a fast runner and i'm not a short distance runner by any means so I think I probably, and I, that's the thing, like at 740 was my final average pace. I mean, that's pushing it for me. That was, that was really pushing the limits of like my own sort of cardio and my breathing. Cause pretty much the whole time I was like hitting my personal limit, like my personal ceiling of, you know, how good I feel and how much I'm able to push it. Um, so I was, I was proud of myself. Uh, it was a good run. It was a solid run. Uh, ended up having, we got a, a bunch of like Michelob Ultra beer tickets pawned off, pawned off on us after the race ended by some strangers, which was unnecessary, but also kind. And so I think I had like three Michelob Ultras. Anyways, this transitions us well into the second thing I wanted to talk about today, which is March Madness, because, uh, well, that Sunday later would be March Sadness for most people, not for me, but uh, a bunch of us went out to a bar in uh, kind of River North, Old Town area to watch the Illinois-Houston game, which 
had a god-awful early start in the round of 32. It was 11 a.m. it started. So we're doing, like, bottomless mimosas. You know, it's good vibe. We just finished, you know, exercising, running a race. You know, it was good spirits. As you probably know by now, Houston absolutely crushed Illinois, which was a supposed upset. Um and uh, I felt kind of bad. I wasn't per- I wasn't sitting there like cheering against Illinois or like cheering for Houston, but I did I did have Houston in my bracket winning the game. So when Houston inevitably won, I was like, "Hey, this is not so bad." Uh fast forward 5 days later. Here we are on Friday. This time yesterday on uh Thursday going into the Sweet 16, I was feeling uh Pretty good because I was in first place, I think, in one of my brackets and tied for first or second in my other or in, in my other pool. And I'm just thinking like, hey, you know, we still got a shot and we lost Kentucky, but we still got our championship game in uh, in place. And you're going to cringe when you hear this. Uh, but I don't think it's that uh, uncommon. I had Gonzaga losing to Arizona. So you can actually imagine as yesterday unfolded the like roller coaster that I personally went through um, because Gonzaga played first. They played Arkansas, and they lost. Arkansas pretty much throttled them. It wasn't like a blowout, but um, Gonzaga could never, like, control the game. And so I'm thinking, well, that, you know, that hurts for my bracket, obviously. I had Gonzaga in the championship game. But I was one of the few people that just, like, in either of my pools that didn't have Gonzaga winning at all. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, like, this is a huge opportunity I'm not going to get those Gonzaga points. No one else is. But, hey, my pick to win it all, Arizona, the Wildcats, all they got to do is just kind of keep it uh, keep it rolling here. And if I pick up one or two more wins, if they can yeah, at least get to the Final Four, I'm thinking, like, this this party's over. I've never won March Madness before. I never made any money off of it. But I'm thinking at this point, like 8 o'clock last night, I'm thinking, hey, this is my shot. Uh, so the other game, uh, the other game in the early slot was Michigan and Nova. I needed Michigan to win that. Not that I like Michigan, but I had actually picked Nova to lose to Tennessee in the round of uh, in this game, and Tennessee was uh, absent thanks to Michigan. So Nova ended up winning, which was kind of the first big bad sign. And then in the next game was Texas Tech versus Duke. I needed Duke to win. I think like most of America would have preferred that they actually lost, just for personal rooting interests. Duke won, so that was uh, kind of bad result three of the night. And then the final game of the night, you had uh, Arizona versus Houston. I knew this was going to be a tough one. Houston is a great team, excellent defense. But I just thought to myself, like, hey, Arizona has just absolutely, you know, wiped the floor with pretty much everyone this year. What were they, 33-3? and three? Which is, that's it's a pretty ridiculously good record. Um, even though the Pac-12 wasn't like amazing this year, but to be in a Power Five conference, Power Six, whatever, and to have a record like that, it's hard to pick against that. So I had uh, at this point, I'm thinking like, hey, all I need is one or two wins from Arizona, and I think I got this thing wrapped up. Well, you know the story by now. Uh, Houston absolutely crushed them. It was not pretty, and uh, just like they crushed Illinois. So here we are. Uh, uh, it's it's over from like a you know money perspective chance perspective uh because my championship game is out i've got no like differentiation against other people if you will and there's still you know some of those who picked you know i mean i at kansas my last one in my final four but others have like picked nova or duke to win it all and you know they're in the elite eight now and it's just like yeah that's 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 all she wrote if you will so 
It was a heck of a journey. Uh, we got the second half of the Sweet 16 tonight. It's like St. Peter's versus Purdue somehow. Uh, Miami versus uh, Iowa State somehow. Providence versus Kansas. And then the last game, I can't recall um, you know who who's playing. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's tough, but, you know, it was only $15 I lost, so it is what it is. If the, I think the tough thing at this point, though, is I guess I'm just going to be, like, rooting for Houston on this side of the bracket because uh, it's it's down to Houston, Nova, Duke, and uh, Arkansas. I wouldn't mind Arkansas. They're fun to watch. And they got uh, a transfer from Wichita State, uh, who I like, Trey Wade. Uh, on the other side, I mean, I think I'll just root for whoever wins St. Peter's versus Purdue. And I don't think either one of those teams has championship chops, if you will. I could start my own. Uh, I could maybe like a farm to table. I could, I could do like a a lamb farm, a sheep farm, goats, and I could call it championship chops. And it would be sport. It would be like a sports bar, farm to table. We you know be big March Madness specials. You know, two lamb chops and a. Michelob Ultra for $13. For $16 for the Sweet 16. Each round would have a different theme. So 64, you could get 64 uh, lamb nuggets for $25. A lamb nugget's going to be really small. It's like a cheese curd because lamb's kind of expensive. Round of 32, we could have uh, 32 um, some, somethings. 16, we already did the the whatever I said. Two lamb chops and a brewski for $16 lead eight could be uh could be nachos it that it not everything has to be associated with the theme it just nachos lamb nachos and so on and so forth final four championship game you know we could do we could do women's basketball we could do you know lacrosse for these coasters when we if we if we want to franchise it and you know try to get into the wawa market or blimpy Blimpy subs. Okay, so that's March Madness. It's a little depressing, but uh, you know what? It is what it is. So, just just checking my email because you know, just never stops. The mail never stops, and I got an advertisement from Open Table, I think, about how Chicago Restaurant Week is starting, and I got a problem with the whole Restaurant Week thing, the whole scene, if you will. There's a couple problems. First, it's not a week. Okay, can we get an accurate title here? It's, you know, it's not a it's not a week. It's like 8 days. All right, I'm back. I don't I have no idea where we were. I just got another work call. Um that's that's my dedication to this company, okay? You know how much I've sacrificed. So, we were talking about Chicago Restaurant Week, and I got a couple problems. One, it's not a week. It's some sort of arbitrary period of time that goes from, like, one weekend to another weekend. But it's, like, the start to the end, and I think it comes encompasses, like, three weekends. So if you're doing the math at home, that's, like, two and a half weeks. So I don't know if we want to call it Chicago Restaurant Fortnite. Granted, that would be big for the gamer crowd, but they might be a little disappointed. Here's my other issue with Chicago Restaurant Week. It's oftentimes billed or advertised or promoted as an opportunity. If you're wondering, <laughs> I'm not, I've not been drinking. I haven't had a drink since Monday. 
Oh, I totally forgot to mention this. Uh, we went to a Bulls game. There's not much to tell, but it was a company-sponsored thing, not my company, Rachel's company. We got you know club seats, private you know private box, uh, unlimited food and drink. I was I had like three Bud Lights. I was crushing it. Bulls won. Got to see my buddy Fred Van Vliet from uh, Rockford play, and you won't believe who I sat next to in the, the adjoining box. Uh, Jesse White, legendary Secretary of State for the state of Illinois, uh, who is finishing up his his uh, the, the one last ride this year. He's done in uh, November or whenever terms end. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, ate a lot of lot of chips, couple hot dogs, couple. Uh, they were like beef sliders, but they were like little steak cubes. I don't know. It was almost like a ripoff of championship chops. Someone don't let me forget that idea. That's gold, championship chops. But it was fun. I'd never been to like a club box seat type of experience before and um, sat and, you know, talked to Jesse White, physically talked to him for a hot second. So that was kind of neat. Um, the other issue I have with Chicago Restaurant Week, and this is Restaurant Weeks in general, they are promoted, billed, and advertised as like, oh, an opportunity to try your favorite, you know, or these, you know, high class fancy restaurants at a, you know, at a discount at a not the same price. And I got to tell you, I just, my experience with, um, with these menus and their pricing models, you're not saving any money, man. They do the, uh, the prefix menu which is not a grammar thing. It's a French term or something where you do like choose one appetizer, choose one uh, main course, choose one dessert. And oftentimes these things, you know, you'll, you'll get like the three courses basically, sometimes four if you're, you know, if you flash your boob or something. And they'll be like, it's like 60 bucks, which is like, that seems like a lot. And most of these places, you don't even get, you know, the drinks included. And I got to tell you, Robert's Pizza is guilty of this as much as I love it. They've got the whole prefix thing going on, and it's just a crazy, ridiculous price. But what they really need to do is go back to the first time Rachel and I ever went where, I mean, it was like 70 bucks a person. It was a lot, okay? But we had just pizza upon pizza, appetizers, and like five drinks or something like that. And so it was totally worth it. But what they're doing, what and this isn't, I'm not calling out Roberts, I'm calling out restaurants who participate in the restaurant week agenda, if you will. That makes it sound, uh, 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 you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Meaning kind of dark and shady. It starts with an N, I think. Um, narciferous, perhaps. Nefarious, that's what I'm looking for. N-E-F-A-R-I-O-U-S. Nefarious. Call me the Nefarious Q. That could be my rapper name. Uh, it's just like, hey, you know, what? Are, what's, what's the point of this? Like, basically, all, all you're doing is charging me $5 more than I would normally pay if I got these a la carte to sound fancy, saying I bought a, you know, something off the prefix menu. Okay? Enough's enough. Where does it stop with you guys? <sighs> I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Cuts by Q, Home Pride Oregon, and the Samsung Q2U series. There's, that's the fastest ad read you'll ever get. Uh, but, no, I am thankful to everyone. Oh, and I, I definitely want to mention, because this was just, like, weeks overdue. Um, you're probably thinking, Quinn, we never, you know, learned the final 
dollar amount for the pledge drive. You never, you know, cut the check. There wasn't a giant check. There wasn't a ceremony, no gongs, fireworks, or party poppers, or strippers coming out of mini cupcakes. They're large mini cupcakes, and the only reason they're not just a large cupcake is because there's an even larger cupcake next to the mini cupcakes. It's huge. Um, we donated $260 um, thanks to the Pledge Drive Telephone Year 5 fundraiser. Thanks to everyone who donated. Uh, we matched that donation one-to-one to the United Way of Metro Chicago, and that was long overdue because the Pledge Drive ended like four weeks ago. So we uh, sent that over this week and got a you know tweet shout-out from United Way. It was, it was you know, very kind of them, um, all that stuff. So glad to be able to assist and thank you all for helping us raise that money. Uh, exciting thing every year. Really happy to be able to do it. $260 this year uh, to the United Way of Chicago. All right. So thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to the fans. All that good stuff. The only other thing I'll mention here before, as we're shifting to media, uh, we're getting into movies here because the Oscars are this Sunday. But I have been busting my ass. Rachel's been asking me to do this for a couple, like two, two, three weeks now to get going on succession uh which i think they're airing season three right now or just finished season three right now i don't i don't know exactly where they are but it's hbo so these episodes are an hour long not you know 40 minutes and commercials like an actual hour long and uh i've made it through six episodes so far as of like two hours ago it is it's good i mean i'm not going to sit here and say like oh this is a bad show um but I just get so stressed out. Like these family dynamics are not like it, you know, it's just making me very upset and stressed. I don't feel comfortable when I'm watching this show and I'm not necessarily like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next episode? Like it hasn't, I haven't felt gripped like that so far. So I'll keep watching it because I think that the, the acting is so strong that the characters are like worth watching. Um, and I'm sure I'll, you know, learn to love it a little bit more, but I think I'm like two episodes behind Rachel now, three maybe. So I'm, th- I'm this close to being caught up, but I think I've literally logged two today already, which is just straight up like two hours worth of watching. And yeah, I've got it on, you know, while I'm doing other stuff, physically working, but, um, it's just a lot like my, I'm not a binge watcher. That's not my thing. Um, you know, the people who are like, you see this like on memes on the internet and stuff, but the people who are like oh, I sat in bed all day and, like, watched a whole season of Breaking Bad or something. Like, I, I just can't do that. Even if the show is great and I love it, um, I I rarely find myself, fin- like, starting an episode, first one of the day, finishing it and be like, oh, I got to watch the next one. I'll do that with, like, Seinfeld because those are, like, bite-sized, fun-sized candy. But these hour-long HBO ones, man, even, like, The Wire, you got to take that, you know, one bite at a time it's so heavy and there's so much to digest and if you just like watch it like an entire season in a day which is like physically half your day you're just gonna miss so much the impact is just gonna like not stick with you so trying to balance that with succession it's good so far i don't really have anything else to say about it and i won't spoil it for anyone because i feel like most most of my listeners are not the hbo subscription type so i don't think many people have watched it so we'll leave it there for now. Uh, my final thing, uh, rather than dedicating an entire 90 minutes to an Oscar special, which we've done many times in the past, and we go through every category and we make our picks, I just want to give a rundown of this year's 10 Best Picture 
nominees. So in no particular order, and I'm not ranking them. I'm just we're just gonna go through them a little bit. We have Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, and Coda, which is also my, uh, I was going to say my favorite. It's absolutely not. It is a Led Zeppelin album. It was actually the album that was sort of compiled and released after John Bonham's death. And it's got some bangers on it for sure. Um, I don't recall the specific, you know, all the tracks that are on there, but it's, it's not one of those albums where it's like, Oh yeah. And then also like Coda happened. It's like, no, there's some good stuff on there. So that's Coda and Coda from my understanding is basically like, there are these parents and they're deaf, but their child child is not deaf. And so they're just kind of navigating that. And honestly, I didn't see it, but I did see uh, the sound in the fury. No, what is it called? The Riz Ahmed movie from was that just last year? Uh, the Sound of Sound of Metal. It's something like that, isn't it? The Sound of something. That movie was good. I really liked that one. It's also got my uh, like under the radar celebrity crush Olivia Cook in it, who is like not terribly famous but semi famous. And I don't even really know like anything about her personally. I think she's a pretty private person, but she's pretty cute. Got nothing on Rachel, for the record. Uh, Next up, we've got King Richard. Basically, my understanding of this is that it's about Venus and Serena Williams' dad, who I assume is no longer alive. I don't know. It's Will Smith. He sounds like kind of an asshole. So I don't know if, like, are we supposed to root for Richard or hate him? I guess if you watched the movie, you would probably have a better understanding of it. But I didn't. My question is... Do they get Serena and Venus to, like, play their childhood selves and pretend that they're children, even though they're 50 years old? Or do they get child actors, actresses, for the politically correct crowd? Um, To finish my thought about being drunk, I'm not. uh, I'll drink a little bit of whiskey later, but it's literally Friday at 2.20 in the afternoon. Um, And the reason I finish that thought was because I had mentioned that I hadn't had a drink since Monday, which is when we went to the Bulls game, Jesse White, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Okay, next up we got West Side Story. I've actually never seen a production of West Side Story before, but I have read Romeo and Juliet. In fact, one time when I was in elementary school, I took a Shakespeare class with my sister, and we had to memorize and act out the famous scene from Romeo and Juliet on the balcony you know, down to the ground, Romeo, oh Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? We had to act it out in front of class like it was pretty cringy. So that's basically what West Side Story is about. It's got, uh, it's not that Camilla Cabello lady. It's someone else. She was just on SNL. I don't know her name. Gabby Richards, maybe. Uh, and it's Steven Spielberg. And the original music was Leonard Bernstein. So, you know, you got the snaps, the sharks, the jets. And I feel like it's one of the things where, like, it's one of those movies, you know, the original production or a stage production or this remake. Like, everyone should watch at some point in time, but I just don't, I don't want to. So, that's sort of where that's at, you know. The whole, like, 1960s Brooklyn, like, herby, edgy, like, 
you know, social unrest thing. There's a time and a place for that, but I'm not, I'm not in that time, nor am I in that place to care. So that's West Side Story. Okay, the one movie on here uh, that I have seen, The Power, or actually, no, that's, that's not right. There's a couple. There's two. The Power of the Dog, which if you don't know is a Netflix movie. It's Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, and in a roaring comeback. Her last big movie was basically Spider-Man 3, Curse and Dunst. Basically, this is like Gay Cowboys, Brokeback Mountain Part 2. Um, everyone, you know, loved it from like a critical perspective. And everyone who like is just a casual Netflix watcher hated it. And I got to tell you, I try to like, I tend to side with the critics in these types of like slow burn movies more often than not. But this one was just like... You can have a slow burn like character study with a twist at the end and have it be compelling, but this one was just way too long um, and just not that compelling. There's only so much that like a good so- a good score and beautiful cinematography and you know f- solid acting can save. Like it's still it just the premise of the story is not something that I'm like. Oh, yeah, I'll sit here for two and a half hours and watch this unfold. But I did, and I kind of regret it. Because I feel like this is the type of movie where I could have just read the summary in 30 seconds, understood what happened, and there wasn't anything else like unique or amazing about the movie that I missed because I didn't sit in front of the screen or the TV for two and a half hours. So that's the power of the dog. A glowing recommendation from yours truly. Next, we have uh, Licorice Pizza, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. You might know him from uh, his work with Daniel Day-Lewis, Lincoln, The Phantom Thread, uh, Boogie Nights. I can't remember what the name of his first movie is. Hard Eight. Is that is that him or was that Tarantino? I can't remember. Uh, I did not see Licorice Pizza. I know my uh, brother and sister-in-law did. They'll have to chime in, email us, beantownpodcast, yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast, yahoo.com, and let us know. Um, it's got that one sister from that the band that's like the female Hanson, Mbop. I don't know what their name is. Um, and I think they're like kind of, they're like an alt-rock band. They're like kind of popular, but not like super mainstream. I don't really know. I don't know anything about them, but it's one of those sisters. So this would be like if, you know, one of the Hanson brothers starred in Lincoln, maybe, as a young Todd Lincoln. Although I suppose they're not, those Hanson brothers are like in their 60s now. So it's Licorice Pizza. It's also, is that the, is that Gandolfini Jr.? Is he the one who's in that? Or is that, am I just like, is that completely different? Um, No, it's not. Cooper Hoffman. Okay, so this movie stars Cooper Hoffman and Bradley Cooper. How's that for confusing? Also, Tom Waits. Speaking of The Wire. So that's Licorice Pizza. Okay, the other movie on here that I saw was the one I saw with Rachel. We saw this in theaters back in, like, November, uh, Belfast. Uh, It's a Kenneth Branagh-directed film. It stars the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey and Judi Dench. And it's about the... uh, Northern Ireland versus Ireland Catholic versus Protestant war. So it was good. I liked it. It's a black and white film, but well done. Good acting. Um, you know, just like a solid 
movie that sheds some light on something that I think a lot of Americans don't know about. So that was Belfast. Um, gosh, I'm going to have to like make my pick for, you know, which one of these I think is going to win best picture when all said and done. And I have no idea. Like I, I literally legitimately like haven't read the buzz or like the predictions on any of this stuff. I suppose I will like today or tomorrow. But with that in mind, I have like no idea like what is what are we considering to be really good and what are we what is like bad. I don't I have no idea. Uh the last four we got Dune, which I actually would love to see at some point. I feel like at this point I'm probably just gonna like either watch it right before the second one comes out or wait until the second one comes out and then watch them together. But it is Denis Villeneuve, who is one of my favorite film directors. You know him from uh, uh, Denis has done Prisoners. He's done Arrival. Was he, uh, did he also do Mad Max? Was that a Denis project? He did um, Blade Runner. I don't think Mad Max was. It's embarrassing because he's one of my favorites. Um, The new Blade Runner. uh, He did Sicario, which is that movie with um, Emily Blunt. Is that right? Sicario. Is that Emily Blunt? I think so. Josh Brolin. Anyways, um, yeah, Mad Max was not who. So who directed the new Mad Max? New that came out what ten years ago? Mad Max? No, not ten years ago. Like six years ago. Mad Max. <laughs> so far on Google, I've typed in Mad Uri U R Y. There's an F. That's not what I want. Mad Mad. Okay, we're getting closer. Mad Max Fury Road, 2015, seven years ago. Um, who directed this one directed by George Miller, who, oh, he, the fat Mad Max thing is just like his thing. So that's interesting. Uh, I didn't realize that it was like a continue, not, not that it was not a continuation of the franchise. I figured it had like fresh eyes on it, but it didn't. Uh, George Miller also did happy feet. So, you know, people will be happy to hear that as well as babe and babe Two: pig in the city. Wow. That's George Miller. Um, Okay, so that's Dune. I would love to see it. I've never actually read it. uh, But, I mean, it's a loaded cast. Cinematography is fantastic. And I like the director. Um, I just, you know, I I personally haven't read it. And I don't have friends who are like, oh, my gosh, this is my favorite thing. So it was never like, oh, you got to see it so we can chat about it. It's just like it just kind of happened. And... um, they, it's it's a big long epic of a story. So the movie they made is just the first half of the story. Um, so there will be a sequel at some point. So that's Dune. Haven't seen it. I want to see it, but it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, Don't Look Up was one that I actually was like when it came out. It's another Netflix movie. I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch this. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tyler Perry, Jonah Hill, uh, Hunger Games, Katniss, Jennifer uh, Lawrence. And uh, probably a Meryl Streep might be in there, too. This is an interesting one because I feel like... So it's an Adam Scott movie. No, Adam McKay, not Adam Scott. Uh, Adam McKay, speaking of succession. And it's the type of movie that I think probably feels very similar to, like, Veep and The Big Short. And uh, I think a lot of people who watched it liked it, but it's also just gotten absolutely slammed. Like, online, you go online and, like, look up, don't look up. It's like a palindrome. People are like, this movie is a joke and not the good kind. So that's don't look up at this point, honestly, because like people hate it so much. I don't know if we'll ever like set aside two hours to watch it. I don't know. We'll see. 
apparently my understanding of the movie it's just like so in your face like playing with itself so i don't know if i really want that uh the last two we got nightmare alley which i've heard is solid that's one i would actually be interested in watching is bradley cooper willem dafoe um the uh, mara rooney mara i think is the female lead but it's also got kate blanchett and tony collette um and ron perlman okay how could you not watch it it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. You remember him from The Shape of Water. Uh, so, yeah, I think I would watch that at some point. Um, I'm not, like, I, I, haven't, I don't dislike Bradley Cooper, but he's also, he's just, like, a very, like, neutral guy for me. He was also in, um, what was the other one we mentioned he was in? Licorice Pizza. So, yeah, I mean, a couple, big, big year for Bradley. And then the last one is is one of those ones that just no one knows anything about, and I feel bad, uh, but that's just how it is. Drive My Car, it's a foreign language film, I believe, uh, Japanese, perhaps. And my understanding of the movie is it's just like this guy and his wife is dead, and he's sitting in the back of a car listening to a tape she made before she died, and he's just having reminiscences and memories which sounds touching. And if it gets if like the you get the American Academy to nominate a Japanese movie for best film, like not best foreign film but just like best film, then it's going to be good. Uh so absolutely no shade towards Drive My Car. I just haven't ever heard anyone say anything about it and that's uh, all I know about the film. So, those are your your 10 best pictures, I guess. The one, so I'm pretty sure the ones that definitely can't win would be Drive My Car, Don't Look Up, Dune, uh, whoa, uh, King Richard, and Coda. So I feel like the contenders here would be West Side Story, Power of the Dog, Licorice Pizza, Belfast, and Nightmare Alley. I don't think they would choose Nightmare Alley either because Shape of Water just won. Um, so I think we're down to like Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And I don't think Belfast was like quite like top tier best picture winner. So for me, it's really down to Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, Power of the Dog. Licorice Pizza, because it's a Hollywood movie, like literally set in Hollywood. And like Hollywood, the Academy loves to, you know, sh- shine awards, shower awards upon themselves. Uh, the Power of the Dog seems like the like, kind of the favorite it's kind of similar to like nomadland and that it's very like cinematography heavy and not that like exciting or anything but it's just well acted so that's that or west side story because it's just like it's west side story and it's spielberg like oh my gosh so if i had to make a pick usually picking the most boring film is a good way to go so here live on the air at the 97th annual oscars whatever they are started in 1929 so this is 80 uh no what 95 93 if i could do math i'm picking the power of the dog and uh, maybe a little uh best actress for kirsten dunst even though she's not nominated write-ins are possible so those are uh, that's my rundown of the best pictures. I was thinking going into today's show, maybe we do like a power ranking of, um, you know, the best picture winners from the last twenty years or something. But here's the thing: excuse me, this show could be on for another fifty years, and I kind of want to pace myself in terms of what I, the projects I take on, 
And considering I already, you know, introduced the world to championship chops today, we could have like a Martin Van Buren uh, impersonator be our spokesperson. He's got the big mutton lamb chops on his cheeks. There's a lot of ideas in motion. So we're going to save, you know, some more power rankings for later on. But uh, yeah, coming up, we're going to, I got to remind me, beantompodcast, yahoo.com to reach out to a good friend of the show, Matt Fiedler, see when he's available for a little tax special. We got our Easter Passover combo special coming up soon here. A lot of action on the Beantown Podcast as we get into spring. That's about all I got for you. Um, longer episode, but I hope uh, hope you liked hearing about the Shamrock Shuffle and the Chicago Bulls game and March Madness letdowns and Quinn's hot takes on you know movies from 2021. That's what I got. I hope you are having a great time wherever you are. Hope it's not rainy and windy and 40 like it is here. Getting some rays. I got to go on a trip soon, man. I haven't been anywhere since uh, I went to New York for work in November. And otherwise, the furthest I've been from home since then is, uh, well, we went to Michigan in early December. Legitimately haven't left Chicagoland since uh, Michigan the second week of weekend of December. So we're at three and a half months since then. And uh, just starting to get a little crazy here. I got to go somewhere. I just got an email from American Airlines that my flight credit was expiring in like August or something. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, let me just do something random for like a day, you know, use my credit. Then I realized the credit's for like $40. I don't know how that happens. That just shows you how cheap flights were before COVID. And now I go on American and I'm just looking for like a random, literally like a 24 hour thing. And I'm not expecting to pay for a full flight with this credit, but like, you know, give me, give me part way there. I couldn't find anything for under like 180. We're talking any city, you know, I couldn't even go from O'Hare to Midway. Brutal. Damn flight prices, damn gas prices. Feeling very trapped. Oh, well always nice to end on a positive note everyone let's get our outro music going happy spring you know i'll be back next week so stay safe stay sane i'll check in on you next time bye everyone